Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Good Mass Evil podcast. I am Rigby and I'm joined right next to me this time yes. with Mella. Mella, this is the second time we've done this like this. Um, and it's going to be like this from now on as well, guys. We've had enough of Discord. We actually tried two hours ago to do this online. It was horrendous. And we went, we'd spoken for about half an hour, 45 minutes. and went, nah, screw that. We're just going to get Mella to come over to the house. Um, and we will get recording this together. But Mella... How are we anyway? Yes, feeling good. Back in the lab, everyone. Back in the lab, and what do you, what what do you make of, of of the lab? Not many people get the the privilege to to enter it. I mean, it's a bit of a mess at the back. Um, there's a lot of work still to do, but I think the setup is there. It's just just don't look behind you, pretty much. <laughs> it is a mess at the back, but not as a mess of the back as United have. <laughs> I like that. Yes, that was a good wee a wee yes. filler into it. I think if I think if Ollie managed this bedroom, it would be worse. But <laughs> but I see cans of Carlsberg up there, champions cans. I do see a empty, I presume empty bottle of Dead Man's Finger. <laughs> um, and I see crisis, but not as much crisis as Old Trafford. Uh, club these days, Manchester United, and as we we are we are recording this after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sacking, and we just had to discuss this monumental occasion in the football world. Yeah, I mean we've spoken about this, you know, for a couple. We've even spoke about it two hours ago and whatnot. But I mean, it's been common. It really has, and. It's kind of just more like, why did it take this long, mm. to be honest with you? Um, and I think you can look at it in the sense of that they were doing, for the first two seasons he's been there, or say two and a half, he done well. He steadied the ship when Mourinho went, yes. got, you know, got that, I remember that memorable win against PSG, you know, got given the contract. Last, you know, then the year after, not too bad. Last year, pretty good, if I'm honest with you. You know, they got second place. Um, probably should they should have won the Europa League. It's as simple as that. They should have won it. You know, unfortunately, they decided to put their worst performance of the season in the Europa League final um, against Villarreal. But you know, this the positive is still there. It's funny for all of us. Really, really funny. Yes. But you know, you kind of just thought, okay, yeah, they've had this setback, but they're gonna have more money to spend in the summer. Um, and you heard the names they were linked with. And you were just like, yeah, they're going to kick on. And then they have that summer transfer window. They bring in Rafael Varane. They bring in Jadon Sancho. Obviously, the main man, Ronaldo, comes in. And you're just thinking, oh, no, this, this, they could be strong this year. But it just hasn't, it just hasn't materialised. And when I heard Paul Merson coming out and saying, as soon as Ronaldo was signed, I felt I, I was, you know, worried for United. I don't know what, what what gives him the right to say that sort of nonsense. I mean, I understand it probably st- stops United being as much of a, a pressing team, I suppose. But you've still got another nine outfield players on the pitch who have just sort of dropped their levels, mm. um, I would say. Um, so I kind of feel for Oli in that sense. But I think when we've done our predictions, we both said, I think we both put United as fourth because of Oli. Yes. And... Now that he's away, will they remain in that prediction space or will a will a world class manager potentially come in and kick them on? Who knows? But here's the thing. Paul Merson 
Whenever he speaks, people listen, but they don't take him seriously because Paul Merson chats nonsense, and he has many times in the past, and because he's a pundit or a Sky Sports merchant, he thinks he can say whatever he wants because of the team that he used to play for. The I mean, the, the problem is, is that he's right at the moment. Unfortunately, he is right yes. because... You know, they, they have gone down that cliff. And I remember before Liverpool United game, they were doing those interviews with Salah Ronaldo. And they asked Ronaldo, you know, why don't you press? And he said, well, I've never pressed before my career, so I'm not going to start now. And people were like, all right, yeah, it's Ronaldo. Yeah, that's fair enough. But it's kind of shown the last couple of weeks that they kind of need a striker that is going to press maybe a bit more. And I think Ronaldo needs to accept that if he really does want to bring success back to United... He's going to have to do something he's not done before and it's bloody hard up front. Yes, he's going to have to change and evolve. And I think, see if it's, see if um, a different manager comes in. He's probably going to go, look, I know you had your pal managing you before, which was Ollie, and you know, Ollie's going to show him a lot of respect. But, I, but as a player, you need to show the manager the respect and go, right, I will press if you ask me to and I'll change up how I play for the team and for the manager no player is bigger in the club even as big as Ronaldo is he's not bigger than Manchester United in a sense so what he needs to do is he needs to grow and evolve and if he wants to be known as the greatest player of all time which you know, he has the goals and the accolades to do so then should he be able to press? should he be able to adapt and evolve? yes and I did agree with Merson in a sense because, you know, Juventus are going through a tough period right now, a transitional period, and a lot of Juventus fans, some who I've actually spoken to in the last day or so, after Chelsea's 4-0 win against Juventus in the Champions League last night as we're recording this, that, yes, they do blame Ronaldo for, you know, their change in style, and, you know, they went from a team that was so reliable on you know, the midfield control most of the game and you know, them being a team a, a, a team full of team players and then go and put all your focus on Ronaldo it kind of set them back and some some people may blame him for them losing Serie A who knows but yes he was right in that sense but we've, we can, you can't put the blame on Ronaldo's person you must put the blame on all the players as a whole and also Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a manager. I mean, let's let's talk about. Listen, it's a couple of days since this has happened now, but you know, let's let's talk about that. The ultimate result that that was clearly the final straw for the United board. Um, you know, they they lost four one to Watford. There's bit, you know, it was it was the manner of the defeat. I think that um, concerned people um, the, the most. I think. Um, you know, four-one away. Watford have not had a great start. No. Brought in Ranieri, who's really has had the best and the worst either. To be fair, but I mean, we've got the highlights on in the background. You know, just just to, just you know, refresh the mind Recaps. A, yes. a, a, li- a little bit. Um, and it's just panic all over the pitch. And I guess maybe that's why he's had to go at the end. In the end of the day, um, is that the players just weren't comfortable under him anymore. Yeah, um, it's just comfortable. They just seem like they don't really care. And they... I'm not sure I would agree with that. I think that's harsh. I think they do care, but I think it just got so bad 
they got so many bad results back to back that it just got on top of them and they've just started making basic errors because they're just not they the then the minds aren't fresh. Um so there are some players in that team that you can see are having to do more because they've been forced to do more because of the players that they've got beside them and the the levels have dropped. Like even even De Gea for the penalty saving and obviously he went to VR and then he went and saved it again. And then it still didn't do him any justice. And, you know, De Gea's not really done bad this season. De Gea's actually done, had quite a good season. He's made some, some mistakes in the past. But he's actually kind of saved him in some sense. And obviously you've got Ronaldo who's done his thing. And the Champions League. And Maguire's kind of a hit and miss. Uh, a lot of people would say that he's the worst. But he's, he's not the worst. But he does do things that overshadow the good that he does yeah I think I think you're right um, but yeah United he's gone and they, they played last night they got a big a, a very very important 2-0 win which puts them through to the Champions League but it also just stops that rot of results as well mm. uh, and it was a performance that I mean the big talk about Bruno gets benched I mean, he's not had a great season so far he really hasn't no. and I think it was right I think sometimes you've just got to give those players that that, that rest period that maybe was taken out of the limelight um, and Van der Beek's been given his opportunity. He did all right. Um, maybe he can, he can... I think that's maybe... There were a couple of players that were brought in that under Oli just he'd ever fancied and maybe his, you know Van der Beek's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he can get his career revived because he's a really young player and you know, there was a lot of excitement when he was signed. Um, so we'll see. What comes about that? But of course, the, ne- the, the biggest sore point is who does, who becomes next manager. I mean, Pochettino has been linked very, very heavily. There's a lot of people, especially myself, thinking when I first heard it, why do you leave PSG for mm-hmm. United? You know, you're about to guarantee a, a French league title. You could have a brilliant opportunity to win the the Champions League. You know, why would you go to United? But you know, after hearing the reports of it, he's actually not very happy. Um, at in Paris, his family still obviously live in England as well. It kind of makes you, you know, th- think a little bit more in that front. But who do you who do you think they should bring in? I think I asked this, you know, last when we tried to do this before. Do you go in for a long term replacement? Um, do you go for another world class quick fix? You know, what direction do the club go in? Well, from what I think or what I just think might happen, are different things. Personally, I would go for a world class manager that maybe. Has either won things or has got that pedigree uh, for you know maybe working the same way of how. But there's not many around. But there's not many around because you missed out on Conte, and that was one of the big ones. You missed out on him. Uh, you know the Ajax manager we said was could be a good fit for them, um, but I think logically because Pochettino has been linked with that job for a good three four years now, so I'm thinking that that's just the more likely one to happen but you know who knows like do do the united board do their stubborn ways and just go with another united man and make the same mistakes that they've been making well i think they need a, a refresh around the whole club to be honest i don't think it's just a manager position um you know if you look at our clubs for example how well they run 
you know, they've got the best of the best in terms of the coaching, in terms of in the director spots, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I'm hearing that Edward Woodward might not actually leave now, which I think that would be a disaster for United because he's been terrible yes. in the role and whatnot. So I think they need a, a refresh all over the board. Otherwise, they're just going to bring someone in and he's going to fail after a couple of years. Do United need to go the German route? Because Liverpool, Chelsea, they're finding their success with the German managers. Do United... I think what these German managers have, have proven is that they bring the the big passion. I think what's come out, what's gone our way yes. from the English game, is the the calm, collected, you know, very tactical managers. I mean, you could argue Pep is still one, but Pep still has that fire in him, and he can go mental on a touchline and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, I think that you are seeing the top clubs now bring in more passionate egos that the fans can get behind mm. and stuff like that. I mean. You know, it's where we can't say he's definitely going to do that at Tottenham. He already has, you know, in the weekend, you know, when they won 2 1, he was riling up the crowd, getting them going, and all this sort of stuff. So I think United do need that that, that type of person that can can do that. Um, and you've got to think, you know, will Zidane do that? I'm not quite sure. No, no. But he's a very classy act and he's going to bring top names. But I don't personally think United's problem is their squad. I think there are positions they could improve, of course, but there's, the problem's not the squad. It just isn't. They just need. No. Um, they probably need a manager that's going to go in there, and the players, the, the top egos, are going to sit. Almost like when you're in school, and that really scary head teacher comes in, and you just shut. You just shut up and you just sit down yes. and you listen to them. It, they kind of need that type of figure. You need someone that not only will you respect, but you'll kind of fear in a sense because you don't want to disappoint them. You're scared to disappoint them, but also at the same time you're scared to cross them. Yes. Which and that's something that Sir Alex had that. Not a lot of managers have, and that's why he was such a success at United. That's why he's an icon. Well, Alex Ferguson was just a one-off. I mean, he had yes. the tactical nuance. He could bully other managers, which he did countless, countless, countless times, yes. and whatnot. And they just had, they haven't managed to find that replacement since. I think I think that's what. They but I would say is I think Ollie's the closest they've gotten since he left. Yes, I think what they need to do is is they need to stop trying to to, to compare. Or else, or else that's what they need to stop trying to find the replacement for Sir Alex Ferguson. I think they just need to concentrate on finding the replacement for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and go better and just try and build. I think they need to take time uh, and properly. I mean, they, they took time with Ole, but they took too much time with the wrong person. They invested too much time with the wrong man. But here's the thing. Will they invest that same time in someone better and someone that can actually do something with that it's, team? It's, it's hard. I mean, you can't look at United's situation and not compare it to Liverpool. You can't because it's very similar yes, situations. Yes. Liverpool were winning and dominating in the 70s, 80s. The 90s came, United took over. And Liverpool were trying to find that quick fix to catch back up to them because like, we, we can't let our neighbours do this. And it almost took Liverpool a good 20 years to finally go, no, we need a project. The first one was uh, Brendan Rodgers, who it didn't quite work with in the end, unfortunately, when you, we, we built that squad on Luis Suarez. He went, everything collapsed. We never replaced him. He had to go. You know, you bring in Jurgen Klopp, um, and, you know, we, we've, it took us a couple of years when Klopp started, really, to, to sort of gra- thing, you know, to, yeah. to get going. We were competing against City and even you lot still at the time and whatnot. But, Slowly but surely, we started reaching finals again. Or it went winning them, you know. And we were just adding to the squad every every summer, 
um, until eventually we were at a point where we just needed two or three more world-class players and positions and you bring in Virgil van Dijk, Alisson Becker and Fabinho um, and look where we are now. So yeah, I think United, unfortunately, I don't think they, I, I, I think you're right, I think they do need someone that's going to be there for the long haul um, and maybe a passionate manager is what they need to get the fans going again, potentially. Um, but yeah, unless you've got anything else to say. About United? Yeah, not really. I think we can have hell the idiots. I mean, we've mentioned about obviously the, the last result. We've got to give praise to Watford as well. I mean, they were they were fantastic. They, they really were. From they were they went after them from minute one. Obviously, they, they had that penalty kerfuffle at the start. Yeah. You know, shock, two shocking penalties, um, and yet they still take a, a two 0 lead before mm. half time. Um, you know, and then obviously they, they make it four one. There have been a couple of results since Ranieri has took over like that where, you know, obviously at Goodison Park, I don't know the result was, but they, they demolished them. Mm-hmm. Um, now United. Um, so, you know, very good performance from them. Um, and Ranieri. Um, so, you know, whether, whether they'll stay up, that's another question. It needs some consistency, of course. But, um, no, you know, as much as, you know, a lot has been spoken about how bad United were. Walford deserved credit. They were fantastic. Yeah, I think this this is what a lot of uh, sometimes we may do for realizing this, but a lot of football fans realize is that you know if if it was reversed and an equally good team beat United, for instance, and then we go, oh, uh, that other team was just amazing at the time, but we don't give much respect to the smaller teams when they go out and put all all the stops and yeah. and do what they done and. You know, you got to give credit. Watford were doing something that Ronaldo doesn't doesn't like to do. They were pressing, they were just constantly at them like like a like a dog on the end of your fucking leg. You know, they were constantly at them and at them and at them. And it was kind of the same as other results that we'll talk about later on. Is like they just weren't giving them anything, and they're just going and going and going and going. They weren't stopping till the end of the game, which then resulted in them panicking constantly, and ultimately losing very very badly before we do move on from United a quick thought we spoke before that United uh, published a goodbye sort of interview with with Ollie. Um, oh and yeah you can say oh dear but I'm thinking about it a little bit more and you've you, they, I think maybe that's something that protected Ollie is how much he's loved at United I think he's got a similar reputation to what Lupo Divock in the sense of all he, you know, did he do a load, a load, a load? Was he consistent week in, week out? Probably not, you know, considering the quad players they did have. But he had those big moments. Memories. The huge memories. You know, Divock could win us the Champions League, gets a second goal. Barcelona, you know, even Everton, you know, so many. So he's going to be remembered, you know, fairly fondly by Liverpool fans. And I think because he, Oli had moments similar to that, they had to be very, very careful how they dealt with him, and you know, I suppose you know the way they have handled it, you know, is as best as, as they could. They're not sort of throwing Ollie under the bus. They kind of go, look, it's not working anymore, but we still love you, basically. Um, so you look at whatever, whatever way you want. I'm kind of a bit undecided, but it's certainly um, not something that I've really seen before. Um, Shall we move on from United? Yes. We're a bit sick of talking about the, the, the manks down yeah, those, those, over at Old Trafford, personally. Yes, those, those bastards, yes. Uh, uh, that's a bit, a bit harsh, I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> a bit harsh. But anyway, let's move on to your boys, Chelsea. Oh, yes. What can you say? They're looking good. They're looking very good. You know, beat Leicester 
weekend? 3-0, yes. 3-0. Dominated them from start to finish. Leicester had nothing. I watched the game. They had absolutely nothing. You know, Rhys James. Oh, the boy, Rhys James. The boy. That man. He's a bit good, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's a, now he, he's, I said this before, he's just, he's just different gravy. The man is just, he's having, well, he's, he's, he's in the form of his life. You keep thinking, right, because last season I even said, he said the season of his career. And now, he's just one up me. He's having the season of his career again. <laughs> and he's improving. And he, it's, it's just the, the boys of Coburn, after all, they're, they're just, they're just taking it by their stride. The academy is starting to become the biggest profit of all. And we, we used to always say... That well, you've always had a good academy, but I think the problem is you've always sold them. Yes. And think of it. What could have been if you know Tuchel was here for other of these guys that kind of left? We might not have Salah. <laughs> you might not have Salah. <laughs> but, you know, he wasn't a product of Coburn, but he was definitely a part of, you know, getting himself set up there. But, you know, you've got... And I'm just loving these boys right now. You, you've got... Rhys James, who's undoubtedly one of the informed players in the world right now, not just in the Premier League. Then you get my boy Trevor Shalba, who is just... Got his goal last night as well. Got his goal last night against Juve. That's a very big goal. Uh, he was very emotional. It's his first Champions League goal. First Champions League start as well. And it's a rocket from him. But go back to the Leicester one, it's just... Rhys James was just hitting balls left and right, just going for it. He gets his goal... I think it's a, a big fact of your play is your wing-backs because on the other side, you've got Ben Chilwell, even Mark Zalunda was banging it. Yes. Um, so The wing-back thing has always been, a, it's, since Conte came in, it's been a Chelsea thing that has just clicked. Like, the wing-back thing made Victor Moses look ten times better than what he was. Even though I loved Victor Moses that season, admired, I loved him that season. Uh, and when you've got Reese James, who is pure quality and who has adapted himself for not just being a good defender but an all-round great attacker and it's just it's frightening to see his touches his control his power it's just frightening and then you've got Kante who this season he's been great when he's been playing but he's had injuries and that finish against Leicester was just top draw he just makes them look silly and makes them look silly in his return to Leicester also. And also the the Rudiger goal, the first goal, it's just lovely delivery by James again and a nice wee back of the head by Rudiger, who's also having, I would say, despite him having a good season last season, best season of his, of his career, I'd say. And that's just the Tuchel effect because Rudiger was a guy that was on the out he may still be in the out. He's not signing a contract yet, neither is Christensen, but I think that will be dealt with soon. But these players that Frank didn't fancy and now they're having the best seasons of their career now because, you know, Frank, there's rumours Frank wanted to sell Kante, Kante's never kicking on, he wants to sell Rudiger, Rudiger's never kicking on. It's just different managers like certain players and now you're starting to see that with this Chelsea team. One player I want to talk about Thiago Silva. Oh, that man. That pass oh. in the Leicester game oh. was sublime. And the clearance last night as well. Yes. You, 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 you don't... It's it's weird because, like, you bring in these, these players who are in their 30s and you kind of wince and think they're done and whatnot. 
and then they show you why they are so good. Yes. And Thiago Silva is right up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue that Thiago Silva and Rudiger are probably, you know, in the team of the season at the moment in terms of a centre back pairing. I don't think there's anyone better. They're the best pairing. They're the best pairing in football this season. Yeah. Of, definitely. Of, of, of defenders. And you know, and we're talking about this. Romelu Lukaku's been injured last four or five weeks. Yes, and I <laughs> and I've not really bothered to care, even though I really do care because we need him. But we don't really, don't really. Clearly, you don't right, need them. Right now, right now. <laughs> I'd put Reese James up top. <laughs> I would put Reese James anywhere. Reese James. Lukaku's a failure. He was a waste of money. Yes. <laughs> just, just get James in that attacking role. But, yeah, it's it seems to be working out in our favour because we had, we had a couple of results and then they were kept on after we had the City game where I was like, oh, God, right, we need to just go back on and do what we need to do. And we have. And right now. We're looking strong. We're looking way better than we did last season when we won the Champions League. You know, can Tuchel replicate that again? Who knows? I think it'll be tougher this season because I think you boys are. You know, we'll get we'll 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 get onto the pool next. Um, I mean, we'll 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 move on the pool just now. Then I suppose. I mean, yeah, we got a Arsenal come to town. They're all partying. They think they're gonna get top four. We're hearing this is a big test. It could be a big statement. And I'm just sitting there going, ah, oh, I can't wait for this. You just don't realise what you've done, poor Arsenal, because I was sitting there and I said, I said to you before we done this, this could be the, the best pod of all time, simply because we're talking about Oli, he's gone, and then the mighty Arsenal lose 4 0. I mean, Liverpool. what I will say is, how many more times are people going to rule out Liverpool? How many more times? So many times. Because, and, you know, we lost to West Ham, yeah, wasn't that great performance. But Allison did not have a good day, and there's not been many occasions we've said that, to be fair. And if Allison has a good day, we probably get a point to that at least, even though West Ham were, were pretty good on the day. Yes. But time and time again, people seem to forget this Liverpool team are still the best starting eleven in the league. They still are, and we've got a couple of players out now. Robertson's out at the moment, but I think Simicast might be just above him now. Simicast has proven to be a really good five um, at left-back. Um Arsenal about pairing Virgil van Dijk, Joel Matip is pretty good. I mean, Kanata's been good when he's when he's come in as well, mm-hmm. and whatnot. It was just a brilliant performance. In all fairness, for twenty minutes it was very dull. We we looked very nervous and stuff like that. Um, and then listen, I'm calling it right now. Klopp saying he did, did that he did not choreograph this. He sees Arteta going mad for. The, what was a 15 billion time on the touchline? He knows. He reacts. He gets the he gets the whole ground behind him and gets the atmosphere up, and rightly so. I mean, that's it. Listen, I I I'm as a football fan, we'll, we'll shout for everything and whatnot. But as I'm at, he was really ridiculous. I mean, it's not even a foul. He's gone off for the boys. Not even touched the lads. Fair enough. Throw into Arsenal. Put, you know, play on and whatnot. But he tries to go up against. I mean, one thing you do not do at Anfield is get the fans going. Yeah. You just don't do it. If you look back to all the time Liverpool get beat at home, it's because you, you get the you get the fans turning against the team, if you like, or make the ground very, very quiet and whatnot. And you just seen the minute that happens, straight after with Liverpool, they're on the front foot, the players have responded to them. We take the leads and the rest is the rest is history really. Oh yeah, so it was just as soon as you got the first goal, it just looked Mane was brilliant. Mane oh. was pretty poor for 15 20 minutes, but one thing Mane kept doing, he never stopped. His work rate is one of the reasons why he is a player that he is because he doesn't give up. And it's like he's, he's it's like 
his just football and career in general and the way that he was raised and how he's here now. He's a very humble man. He's a he's a he's a guy that's you know does a lot of charity work. He's he he just he helps out his his village that he stayed in and everything. And he brings his personal life and the way he prides himself onto the pitch. He doesn't give up. He plays for his team full ninety minutes. Yeah. And that's why he is a player that he is, and that's why Liverpool are so good as what they are because they have a lot of players that have come from humble beginnings and will give the world. But they've, they've not got players that travel about and fucking. Mercedes gold watches and all they've got for you. They've got humble players that are willing to go there. I extra think mile. that's. I think as well. That's why we we have to be so careful who we bring in at times as well because yes. we can't. You know, we can't afford to, to bring someone in and unsettle the squad. I think that's why it's you. You see Liverpool linked with players for quite a while until they actually go in for somebody. Normally, I mean, there's a couple of kids of occasions where we have just sort of gone in but it's worked out and stuff like that but we spoke about Reese James right but Trent's his assists they're just insane at the moment I think a nice thing is is a James can we can we can we just stop this Trent and Reese James nonsense and just appreciate yes. that they're two brilliant footballers yeah Reese James is the England's right back at the moment because he is defensively more solid than Trent although Trent's getting a little bit better but Reese James is just on fire at the moment yes. but you know what that's fine Reese James can go play for Little England I don't care leave Trent fit for Liverpool <laughs> I think I just annoyed every, a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, if that's the issue, that's the issue. Um, obviously, as a Chelsea fan, I'm going to say Reese James is better because I love the boy. No, l- listen, right I'm now, right now, right now, Reese James is better. Right, right now, but, that, but, but that's only because Reese James is on. F- I mean, Trent is up there, uh, and no people can see, only you can see where my hand is, like really high. It's very high. And then Reese James is on the ceiling right now. Yes, he is on cloud nine. He is loving life, but you can't deny the quality of Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, he's still a young man. When he, when he was Reese James' age, he was doing kind of similar things. He was winning Champions Leagues. He was tearing it up. He was ripping people to shreds. But Trent is still quality, everyone. Stop doubting this man. He may... And he's still so young. Both yes. of them are. They're both so young. Yes. And that is why England should also appreciate... Stop playing Kieran Trippier. <laughs> Stop playing Kieran Trippier. Because he is okay, but he's not the quality... Near enough the quality of those two. Yeah. And you've just got to appreciate the talent that both our teams have at their disposal right now and the managers we have because before we got these managers in, we weren't, we weren't in the best positions. And now Chelsea look like we're building something fantastic. I'm loving life right now as a Chelsea fan. User have been building and building and building something that has stood the test of time Premier League's Champions League's the works you know we, we'll kind of get to the same level once we can get that league title once Tuchel can get that league title which hopefully happens this season but if it doesn't then it could easily happen next season who knows but the German dynasty is a thing Arsenal get beat 4-0 I love it you people you, the last couple of weeks people I've had to I've had to give Arsenal their corruptance I've had to say well done, Arsenal. But this week, no. This week, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Arsenal a little bit because I mean, listen. If was, if there's any Arsenal fans that actually thought they were going to get something at Anfield, no, no. I mean, listen. It's easy to say now. It's easy to say now. And I had my old mate um, in Australia who's an Arsenal fan. Um, but you know, before the international break, you know, start chatting nonsense and. Um, 
And then I said, you know, I can't wait for us to be six points clear of his fun thing. And he was like, oh, screenshot that, he'll regret that. I was like, no. But, yeah, they, exactly. they, they learnt where the... You know, Arsenal are, looking, are doing well at the moment. They are doing good. They've, they've, got, they've got a very yes. good young squad. A very good young squad. But they learnt where that's the level. And they're nowhere yes. near it at the moment. Yes. Now, do. the way United are playing at the moment, you can argue Arsenal think, could get fourth place. They could. It would be a big achievement, and I still don't think they will. They'll get Europe. But it will be a huge achievement if they were getting the fourth place. It really would. But I think they'll get Europa League. Yeah, if they can continue, the, if they can get back, if they don't let the Liverpool result affect them too much, which is very important. They need to go look. You know that was the level. We're not at it. That's fine. We get back to our business and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think if I think if all he stayed at United for the rest of the season, I think Arsenal would have tipped them. But I think if you know, you can get a better manager, and I think you know, United's squad quality, which overrates Arsenal's, then they'll go ahead. But you know, you never know. Uh, Arsenal have had a lot of good results recently. Uh, I think it was like seven; they were undefeated like seven or eight or whatever the hell it was. It was, it was a good, it was a good unbeaten run. Yes, but you can't. You, if, if, there's no shame in losing your unbeaten run to Liverpool at Anfield. That's probably the only shameless thing. To suffer from is getting pumped at Anfield because not a lot of teams can do that, you know. There's not a lot of teams have that strength to go to Anfield and attempt to get a result. My 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 boys, you know, they, they can they can get away with that. But well, some 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 like to cheat and handball it on the line. <laughs> some people like. Some people may appreciate that. And then a whole fan base cause conspiracy. The skills of cheating. Stop the ball on the line, but let's not go into that again because yeah, yeah. that was a very long debate. Ever, last time. ever <laughs> since that happened, Miss James been the best player in the world, bound their winner. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm just for this guy. He's going. Yeah. I'm just joking. But <laughs> yes, um, and yeah, uh, no shame, Arsenal. Even though you get beat four 0 haha. But no shame. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. Right, shall we move on from Liverpool? Unfortunately, shall we? Let, let's talk about City next. Oh. City went to Everton. You know they done the business. They're looking good, City still. They're looking very good. As Liverpool, City, and Chelsea are going to be decided by three or four points. We've said this since the start, and I think this will be the most consistent thing. Well, maybe not the most consistent. Thing. I think Norwich will be the most consistent thing. Uh, <laughs> but I think. I I am excited to see once we get to game end of game thirty eight of how our predictions sit because right now it's kind of doing okay. There's maybe a couple of teams that may surprise us, but I think hundred percent that the three horse race will continue till about game thirty five. You might see a difference. Game thirty six, then we get to thirty seven, thirty eight. You'll start to see maybe one team slip. Who's going to be that team? Who knows? It's, I'm, I'm, worried, who I'm, I'm worried knows? it's us. I'm worried it might be us. Um, because we, I mean, we've already shown that we've dropped points against teams already this season. And you've, and also, you've also been unlucky with injuries also sometimes. And you know, maybe it may come to injuries. Well, midfield's a little bit weak at the moment. Yes, so it may... And if, it, if it comes down to injuries that fuck up this three-horse race... Then it will just show that you know the the other team may need to strengthen in the summer. I mean, we talk we talk about City. Their only thing is to start to set forward position at the moment, really. Yes. But they're still dominating the league. They beat Everton three now very easily as well. Ryan Stella was back in the team. He gets himself a goal. But Jao Cancelo, 
Here's the man. You we're talking about fullbacks, but it, it literally is the season of fullbacks this year, isn't it? Has, it? it has been. Because Jao Cancelo is on another level. That pass into Sterling mm. outside of the foot. Oh mama. That's mwah, that's beautiful. He is he is just if he was English he he would also be a part of the debate. Uh, no, it wouldn't be a debate. It would be he's in there, Luke Shaw, piss off. Yes. <laughs> Cancelo is I said this I think a couple of podcasts ago, I'm sure, but he's just on another level. Uh, City, despite not having that centre forward, which they should have got, but they didn't. But they're also doing their business. I think they're kind of doing it a wee bit under the radar for City, under the radar because they're just going to be doing their thing. There's not. But this happened last year as well because just not for you know Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool and Chelsea were the top of the league still. Mm. City were nowhere really, and. All of a sudden, we got a couple of results. And because City were just still chipping away, the quarters have been like, oh, where have they come from? But they were always just behind us. But no one took any attention to them. And it feels like that, again, I mean, City are, are second, I think, at the moment. So um, they're looking very good. Um, Bernardo Silva looking good as well. That Rodri finished top corner. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Um, and, of course, City have got PSG tonight in the Champions League. So that's going to be another belter of a game. Um, PSG obviously won the, the first one. Um, Messi got his first goal for PSG as well, didn't he? In that game, I want to say. Um, I think so. The, 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 the yes. Hmm. So and if City were to were to lose tonight, um, PSG would go ahead of them. They'd be eleven points. And if Club Brugge were to beat Leipzig, Club Brugge would be only two points behind City. Um, albeit they'd have to go and beat PSG. I think. Club I think Bruges. we can all just say that we know who's going to go through in that. But who knows? Football works in mysterious City ways. City will beat PSG tonight. Yes. City will beat them at home. The way they're playing, they will beat PSG tonight. PSG are farmers, everyone. They're farmers with a few good sh- um, I shepherds. If, I wonder if Mauricio's popped over to Old Trafford while he's in Manchester. Yes. They are, they, they've got a few good shepherds who are keeping them in the race. But now nah, I do think City will get the result. Um, it's, it's an interesting game. I just think... City are just... Pep will outclass Portugino on the day, on this day, on this very sunny day, and they'll get the result. But how do you think your boys are going to get on in your, your Champions League? Well, we're through. We're through and we already got top place. Yeah. So I'm expecting a weak squad tonight. We're playing Porto Anfield. Um, I'm expecting a lot of rotation. I want a lot of rotation. Um, you don't risk them. Not when the league is that tight. I remember League Cup was still in. We've got Leicester to come. You know, League Cup would you know is a, a still a nice little competition. So, I would expect I would expect a weak squad tonight, but Porto aren't, aren't the best, uh, and I would be expecting us still to to win. Maybe Tyler Morton, that young lad, will get will get a run in the squad. Nico Williams maybe at right back and all this sort of stuff. Um, so, Divock will probably play up front as well. Minamino, um, great opportunity for those type of lads. I'd even rest Allison to be honest. Bring Adrian in. Just give them a rest. Don't risk any injuries. Just don't risk it. I understand how good momentum is, and I, you know, but don't risk it. Just don't risk it. Yes, there's no reason to risk it. As long as if, as long as if you know the, the the group's tight and you're playing a big team, you've you've got over. I mean, line. I mean, in all fairness, actually, when I'm looking at the table, Porto is second place in the group. Yeah. So Porto are going to be fired up for this game tonight. So it's going to be really, really tough. I mean, if that's going to be on four points, East Milan on one, they're playing each other tonight, that's going to be a big one. Because whoever wins that are going to be, you've got to say, 
in prime position to get that second place potentially. Um, albeit Milan have still got to play us um, at the San Siro on the, on the last game. But they'll be thinking, if we can beat Atletico Madrid, Liverpool will be Porto tonight. Liverpool will probably be a weaker squad against against us at home and we could probably take them. Because uh, it was actually quite close at Anfield um, in that game, uh, which one we won 3-2 after Henson scored that amazing goal to win it. Um, so no, I'm always confident a Liverpool fan uh, these days, always am. But I would expect heavy rotation, um, 100%. And I guess that's something that's not in City's favour, is that they're in a position because they, they've, you know, that they, they're not in that position yet. Obviously, they will be if they can beat PSG tonight. But they've still got to play a strong team in the Champions League, despite um, league games coming up at the weekend. Um, yes. Spurf, a little thought about Everton. They're not great at the moment. They're in 11th, not where they would want to be, especially with Rafa. In charge, they've obviously oh. had the Charleston, Calvert Lewin out. I think, um, well, Damari Gray went off injured, didn't he? Um, on Sunday, so that's not going to help. Let's bring on um, Alex Awobi, but it's not quite clicked for Rafa at Everton yet. But, you know, what would you say, panic a little bit or, you know, trust in Rafa? I mean, again, he wasn't very welcomed at the start. Obviously, he's moved to Liverpool. I don't know. Uh, I think Everton just need to keep themselves I think they need to kind of keep themselves out of the radar because if people start talking about it that's when the crisis will begin and the crisis has begun because they've not really had great results well I'll, I'll tell you something that's alarming they haven't won a game in their last six Premier League matches oh Jesus and they've lost four of them which includes a 1-0 home defeat against West Ham 5-2 at home to Watford. Ugh. They lost 2-1 at Molyneux. And Ugh. obviously they lost 3 City, but that's nothing, you know, you, you don't panic about that. But, you know, it's not a great run at all. I mean, if they, see if they, for instance, if they continued that run again, right, they would be slipping to the relegation zone slightly if that was the case, which is not good for a team like Everton. A team like Everton They're only six points ahead of uh, Burnley, who are currently um, 18th. That can, and, you know, that can be... You know, that, that, in three weeks, that could be, you know, if you switch those teams around, so... And we're only just over a third of the season. So, you know, I think... Well, I they've, got, they've got Brentford on Sunday. That's 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 no easy time. Well, Brentford are starting to... They've, I, had, they, they had, the, they've had the honeymoon month or two in the Prem, but they've just started to drop a few points against teams around them recently. So yes. that's going to be a big game. And then, of course, it's Liverpool. I've got Everton on the first of December at Goodison Park. We're going to be fired. We're going to be so we're going to be angry because Everton finally got a win at Anfield last season. They had, they made a big mockery of it, so we're going to be angry in that game. Um, so it doesn't get any much easier for Rafa. He's got to find a way of getting them some points. Yeah, he's got to sort that shit out, man. Because and I, I know when he was at Newcastle, he was just a you know the, the relegation fight, but. Come on, he's can't do that, Evan. He's, he, yeah, he can't do that, Evan. That, that's just something unacceptable. Uh, obviously, he shouldn't be doing it in Newcastle, also, but they need the, the different circumstances. And Everton actually have a stable financial structure, a decent squad. Uh, they've got Calvert Lewin injured, cutting about with Gucci suits on. Uh, but come on, I mean, if there's anyone, I know they're doing really bad just now, but if there's anyone to get them out of that rut right now, it is Rafa. But you know. They've just got to do better. The, the squad just need do they need to bring some additions they, in January. I mean, they they have had injuries, and and, yeah. and when you're a team like Everton, you haven't got that flexibility of, of squad depth at your disposal, so it will it's going to harm you. Um, mm. But I've, listen, 
you know, I've had Rafa as my manager for a good four or five years when I was growing up, you know, I know how good he is tactically and I would suspect he's going to find a way to just grind out some draws, you know, maybe they'll win and just get them climb up the table just um, a little bit. And when they get Calvert-Lewin and Richardson back to full fitness, you know, they'll be they'll be five and they're, they're top quality players. Um, let's move on to Spurs. It was Conte's second game in charge. The first one was obviously the nil-nil draw at Everton. Yes. But um, they, they went behind to Leeds. Uh, Dan James got his first goal um, for, or was it his first goal? I'm not quite sure, but he scored anyway. But what Spurs done, something we've not seen for a while, they turned it round. Yes. Um, and the well deserved effect, as well. The Conte effect. And well deserved as well. Regulian got the got the winner. He's a good little player. Oh, oh yes, I've always really He's a good him. little player. Um, and he seems to have already um, connected with um, Conte a little bit. Um, you know, so top quality for him. But, you know, and then obviously Hoybe got the goal before Regulian uh, to level it. But, I mean, where can Spurs go? Where, 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 I mean, where, where can they actually go? Because, Joe, Joe, I'm going to be okay with how I'm going to assess whether they go. Where I, what I think Tottenham and Conte and Tottenham need to do this season is, is they need to go and win that Diddy Conference League. They need to go and get, Conte or them. They need to go get get that little bit of winning fire. They need to go and do something, even if it is this this stupid wee Conference League thing. Go and get that. If there's anyone that's going to get you that, it's Conte. And then, what they need to do is they need to take this time, build, keep, get themselves up the table, don't put a lot of pressure on themselves, can't go up uh, in the radar of the same Man City do. Just keep, just keep doing what you need to do. Chip away, chip away, and get the results. It doesn't matter, like, don't get all garments with it. See if, see if they go on and they, they keep winning games, 3-2, 2-1, 1-0. You know, Conte was really good at that. Conte was good at just getting the results, which is what I really liked when he was at Chelsea because he, there was games where we were going for the title and like Costa would score against Stoke City at the Britannia Stadium at like the last minute and I'd be like, Joe, I'll take that. Like, <laughs> Tottenham need to just chip her away, get the results. Don't go for, don't be moaning because you're not winning games 3-0, 4-0, 4-1. Just get the results. Results are important. And then get yourself European football. That's all you do. You, you're not going to get Champions League. That's They're only four point. points off West Ham. They are. And that's that's the scary thing. That That's also why the league is so good because it's so close and there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams in there. You know, Leicester have dropped off but they're a team that can also get up there once you know they've got their little situation sorted out. But yeah. Yeah. I think Tottenham just need, just need to get European football first of all. And you know, and then also cause you on Maybe, maybe getting higher than Arsenal this season as, as well because you know that's you know a little bit of rivalry there also. I think those two are going to be competing for that fifth place, you know, yes. sixth place. I think, but time will, time will tell. It's been a good start, been an alright start, but they need you're right, they need a consistent, they need just to grind out results, and that leads one was very positive for them. And we've always spoken about the passionate gem managers, but Kante brings that passion as well. He was oh. urging the fans to see them through to the final whistle and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, and he's, he's, he's a results manager. He's the one that will get you those trophies. So oh, and yes. they just need something, Tottenham. They just need something. Um, and because there'll be a couple. Because if they don't, so, you know, like Harry Kane not going to stay around. But if they, I think if they could get, either not even fourth, but maybe fifth, and also in that conference league, and City don't come calling, City Kane he might he might just stay. But we'll that's a conversation for another day, I suppose. Yes. But we but we mentioned West Ham. They dropped points to Wolves. 
Oh, the, the great West Ham run is over. We can stop listening to stinking West Ham YouTubers going, I oh. think we can get top four because they're talking nonsense. And I do mean <laughs> that. And I do mean that. West Ham United are not going to get fourth place. Let's be clear. Their squad is good. It's not as world-class as everyone says it is. And no. I was delighted that Wolves could, could, get, could put them down a peg or two. And to be fair to Wolves, they didn't, they've actually had a couple of results lately. They're now actually into sixth place. They're only four points down West Ham themselves. Yes. Um, Ever, what, they've kind of picked themselves up, which I love because, you know, Wolves, I res- have a lot of respect for Wolves also. And, you know, they are... Getting the results now. I'm a fan of the restriker from Leipzig. He's a great player. Wangi Chan. Yes, and Jimenez is back. They've they've, they've they've got a little a little thing going. A little, little bromance Jimenez and Wangi yes. Chan on the pitch, haven't they? Maybe that's what they've needed all this time as a bromance. And Jimenez is back from what we all feared at the time as a career ender. Yeah. And he's back and he's doing his thing. And Jimenez is. He's, well, he's he's. He, I think he's got his confidence back. Yes. And, uh, for and for a player. He needed to have a lot of confidence before this because for a player to come back from an almost career ender like that and you know some players would be feared to even go for a header after what he went through. So for him to come back and kick on, it just shows the quality of the striker before. And you know, Wolves are kicking on. Um, yeah, uh, I've seen. Well, I've also seen the West Ham YouTubers and all I can say is, is West Ham, we've got a lot of respect for you as a team and you've done well this season. And you've been dickheads the last couple of years because you've done really well, but you're not, you've not got the consistency to go all the way and get Champions League. Your your Europe is your lane, you know. Stay in it. Stay in it. Yes, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think you. I think you have a great season because you had a great season last season. I want you to have a great season this season, but stop overselling yourself. And you know, do you want know see the last few weeks? They were the right to oversell themselves because they've done well. They have. They got a good result against yours. They got a good result against a lot of teams. But remember where you are and where, remember where your lane is and stop chatting nonsense and overselling your team because then you are just going to be disappointed at the end of the day because you thought these were better than what you were. But come on, maybe if you get Lingard in January for 10 mil, 50 mil, whatever it is. But he's not going to get his Champions League. He can barely get United Champions League. Well, he doesn't play for United, in all fairness. Well, he sometimes, <laughs> he sometimes does. He's, when? when? He, play, he played last week or whatever now. Yeah. Off the bench. Do you remember the time he scored for United? And I was like, Against West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> and now he can be going back to West Ham. What, what a career Lingard has had. I know. I can't... You know, we, we're, we're good... 50 minutes into this podcast and people are going to be saying why have you not spoke about the two free threes of the weekend Newcastle Brentford shall we Burnley Crystal Palace what games I mean these are two these two games you go oh 1-0 0-0 oh boring oh move on and the Burnley Crystal Palace game in particular was absolutely pandemonium insane it was it was two it was yeah it was 3-2 at half time yeah half time um, to Crystal Palace, and then Cornish scored that incredible volley to make it three-three after fifty minutes, you know. And then it, there was chance after chance that they couldn't score another goal after that. But what a game! Superb, brilliant from both clubs. That's what we love the Premier League for. Yes, is this sort of stuff. And you think, oh, Burnley will go defensive? No, they went attacking, and I love it. 
a fair play to, to both um, Padreada and Sean Dyke in particular. You would never expect that from Sean Dyke. Unless the player's just like, oh, I can't be bothered listening to you today. I'm going to sack him. Everyone's just feeling that festive season. They're just, they're just going, Joe, boys, go out there and play the way he's white play, Joe. Go attacking. I know I'm a defensive manager, but Joe, just, just go out and have some fun. Yeah, Vieira's found his found his groove with Palace. Um, he's had some good, you know, it was a really difficult start to the season, but they've chipped away. They've got some good points, and they're playing some good football. So, could is Vieira? We're gonna get on to Aston Villa in a in a second, but you know, Vieira did he take this job because he's eyeing up the Arsenal one? Do you think? I was about to say that because he's getting his good results and he's doing well, you know. Obviously, Arteta's doing okay just now, but he wasn't before, but he's doing okay now. But if I was Arsenal and Vieira is, you know, continues to fire and impress, why not? You know, Vieira's not just a starting off manager who's just got a job at Palace. He's been, he's had a good few jobs. He was in New York City AFC, you know, he done a few assistant manager roles. He would then visit Nice. You know, he's, 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 a, he's a few years in the game. So, you know, if, if he continues to you know, fire for Palace, then maybe a couple of years down the line, if our if Arteta thing, you know, doesn't work out, then I would have him look at him. Yeah. He's, he's also a club legend. He's, he's an Arsenal way and also he's, a, he's an Arsenal legend. Arteta is not. Well, they've never replaced him. It's yes. been 15 years and they've never replaced him. And I think Vieira would also be a well better fit to Arsenal, I think. Um, but that, but that's well. That. Time will tell because let's give Arteta some credit. Yes, that that is a story for the next couple of years because yeah. Vieira's. I don't think Vieira is going to get a job like that anytime soon. But he's doing well just now, and I'm happy for the man. I respect Vieira as a player. I respect him as a manager now. He's doing really well. So yeah, could happen. And of course, the other three three was Newcastle Brentford. Now, as much as this is a really good, <laughs> great game for neutrals. For Newcastle, it's not looking good, is it? They, they're hey. bottom of the table, their new manager, Eddie Howe. Are they actually bottom now? They are bottom, yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> Obviously, Eddie Howe, COVID issues meant that he couldn't be there and whatnot. But Newcastle, they're scoring goals, which is good. They need results because they're now bottom. They are five points adrift at the bottom. They need some results quickly. Oh. And, there's, and there'll be Newcastle fans going, yeah, 3-3 three, three sounds really great. That was not good for us one bit. It doesn't matter three three. Three three is one point and one point is not three. You drop two points, it's technically a loss because you're at the right at the bottom. So it's a loss. Until you get the wins, every result is a loss. Because one point ain't gonna do nothing. It isn't gonna do anything. If you get one point every game for ten games, that's ten points. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's worthless. You need to get the wins and a team like Newcastle, come on now, please don't get relegated. They just I just I just don't want it to happen. It's really annoying because they shouldn't be there. But they are. And it's the way their club was run all this time. And it's bound to happen. And it's just, you know, maybe maybe if they do get relegated, maybe that's how their new either begins. They go down, then they rise up to the top again. But I don't want it to happen. It's a bad thing. And I never knew they were bottom until right now. <laughs> and it's really made me upset because I thought... Can Norwich stay at the bottom for all of this well, time? Well, 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 I was going to move on to Gerard, but we'll, we'll move on to Norwich then, who obviously appointed, but we were talking about Frank Lampard was in prime position. He took himself out of the equation. Yes. Um, and then Dean Smith has jumped straight in, back into managerial duty. Um, they went down 1-0 to Southampton, and they turned it round. Big three points for them. That's back-to-back wins for Norwich as well. 
Um, Dean Smith's a great manager. He should not have got sacked by Aston Villa. It's very harsh. And if he didn't get sacked by Aston Villa, maybe things would be different for Stevie G. But, but Dean Smith's a great manager. And if there's anyone, he's got experience in the league also. People, people cannot forget that. And if anyone's going to get knowledge at this rut, it's him. And he was never a guy that I would think. He was never a guy in the running for the Norwich job because he was obviously at Aston Villa. So he's a perfect fit for them at this point. And can he... Do you think he can do it? Can, can he get them out of this rut? I mean, it's a it's a really tar- hard job because Norwich are one of the weaker teams in the league, of course. And you can say, yeah, he can make them hard to be, to be hard to be beaten, but they're in a position where they need to get some wins and whatnot. So time will tell. He had a decent time at Villa. He did. I... If you actually look back at the results and the way they were playing, probably the Villa did the right thing. They played you need that's what they need that freshness in the club. Mm. Um, they were maybe stagnating a little bit after a good season last year, so um, probably the right decision in that regard. Very surprised for him to jump into managerial work again so so quickly. so quickly and in the same league. But you know, fair play to him. I don't think Norwich fans. I think when I watched the reaction of you know was he the right man for the job, they were like. Uh, I, I really don't know. He'll do, I suppose. So I think right now, with the way their club is right now, and the, the way they're playing, you know, they just got to take it. I, I think what Norwich do is they, whenever they come up, after the first couple of months, they kind of go right. We need to equip ourselves for to come straight back up from the championship again, and it feels a bit like that again for me with Norwich. Um, no, but, you're you're your team. Yeah, they're your your team. They 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 just are. They don't have a lot of money, of course. Yeah. Um, and they play this great football, but they're very open at the back all the time, and it doesn't help them. So and Dean Smith will change that because Dean Smith can make you solid, and you know maybe that's what they need. And maybe, mate, maybe. But oh, listen, time will tell. He'll get Billy Gilmore playing again, which is all good for him. And of course, your club. Thanks you need, him, you need him playing, get Pookie scoring some goals, and time will tell it's always difficult when a new manager comes in because you like you don't really know what to say because you need that month or two to see actually how they've done before you can assess if he was the right man for the job so that's what i'll say about the about that um certain um situation right now um southampton not having a great time again i mean hasn't who's totally been in this situation before they stuck with him and they they've turned it around i mean they are 13 but they're only Five points off of above the the drop zone, which is Burnley. So they've got to be a little bit careful. They need to just get back to getting some results. I mean, she hasn't got a goal for them, which was a nice little finish as well. But that won't be good going to Norwich and, no. and losing. The, um, the like bottom that. teams are very close, which makes us obviously the Premier League is always very entertaining because you know, especially this season, we get a free horse race, which we've, and we've we've got then the Battle of Europe, uh, and then we've got. These relegated, this relegation fight where, where like eight teams are kind of almost, almost, almost the second half of the table are kind of at, at fear of the, of this situation. Yeah. So, you never know, and you know who's who's getting the bottle to go through the next two thirds of the season, and. Well, the Christmas period is always very, very busy, and it defines who's going to be where, who's going to be competing for what. Because then you, the ones that have a good Christmas are the ones that are going to go and spend in the January transfer window. So panic buys, panic buys. I mean, sometimes it can be good, but you know, we will, we will see. Um, well, we've almost spoken about every single Premier League team, um, and there's one missing, and it's one that I thought was going to be at the top of the agenda, but there's been so many other stories. Of course, it is Stevie Gerrard. Bastard. 
<laughs> you watch your mouth in this house. <laughs> He's a god in this house. <laughs> um, it, it, it appears, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking around, people. If if this was church and Gerard was Jesus, then then yes, I, yes, that would be that be the thing. <laughs> I like how you're looking around. I don't actually know Gerard pitches in this room. It's it's the next one. <laughs> the, the Where is he? Um, even Rafa's here. Even that's signed as well. That book signed Rafa Benitez's book. Oh, the, the Everton legend. <laughs> the Everton legend. Great result for them. Soon L, they stopped the ruts. Against Brighton as well. It's a good start to the season. Um, not, a, not an easy team to beat at all. Um, you stop smiling. Um, you know, I think a big factor was their goalkeeper, Villa, who just kept Brighton out in that first half. Um, but great start for Steven Gerrard, really is. Time will tell. He's going to have a big game in a couple of weeks when he comes to Anfield. You know, it's going to be an electrifying atmosphere um, and whatnot. But but good for Villa. I can't wait to watch that game. I mean, the main because... the main thing Gerrard did for Villa was he brought Danny Ings back into the team um, and whatnot. I ironically didn't have the impact he probably would have wanted. Did he but... play? Did he play with Danny Ings? Danny Ings did start. Yes. He did play. Did he play with Danny Ings at Liverpool? Um, he might have done towards the end, although yes. maybe Daniels came the year after, mm. possibly. Um, I think yeah, it might have been that. But um, what did, did he play with? That's a good question, actually. We'll we'll find that out for the next episode, guys. Um, but yeah, good stuff for Gerard. Not too much else to say. Um, on that, I'm afraid. Um, of course, Gerard's replaced has been replaced now at Rangers by. Uh, Bronkhorst. Um, Big Gio. However, he did. Um, it wasn't a great weekend for Rangers. They went out of the uh, yes, Scottish everyone. League Cup semi-final. Yes, everyone. I have had potentially. I had a meltdown a couple of days ago, which I predicted you, would happen. Guys, if you've not followed Miller on Twitter, please do because he. It's really, really funny. It's. I had a meltdown, everyone, because I went. I was very. I was very. I was kind of still drunk and hungover from the day before, which wasn't the the thing I should have done, because. I then, then seen this, seen some of this game, and it all came back, and I went and got drunk again, and then I was on a two-day bender. There's a, there's a theme going here. Yes, because right, if it wasn't for Chelsea giving me so much happiness and hope, right, I would be in the gutter right now. But Rangers have been pissing me off. Then when Gerard leaves, I then go, "This is risky because the cup semi-final." Please no. And also, it's fucking Hibs. I hate Hibs. I I hate. I don't hate Hibs as much as I hate Celtic, but Hibs are the next hateful thing uh, that I hate in my life, bar Celtic. And Jesus Christ, that game was awful. And there's so many players that I go, I want you all to leave now because I'm sick of you because you are terrible. And I hate you. And do you know what? I don't, bl- I don't blame Gerard as much as other people are. That's not like, not like a go-no. Because guess what? These players are adults. They should be able to put the tissues away and stop greeting and go out and get the result for your team. In a cup semi-final, no less. But they didn't. And they get pumped. And they get knocked out. And they were the laughing stock of Scottish football yet again. I'm really sad. And I'm sad. And I went a two-day bender. And guess what? I have no regrets. Because... <laughs> I do not want to be sober for this shit. <laughs> the, the life of Miller just wrapped into two minutes Yes, there. people, football is a very key part um, of my life. There's something very serious we've got to talk about before we move on to our first update. Of course, French football, you will have seen it. 
Marseille or Lyon was it that were playing, um, and Pirates had to take a corner. Bottle water gets thrown on at its head. Um, it's getting bad in France. They've had a couple of assist instances now, and the common theme is it's directed at Payet for some reason. Yes. Why is that? Because he's not white. Racism. Yeah. Yes. Casual racism. And it's getting really, really serious now. I mean, you c- listen. As much as I hate United, I would never throw anything at them in on a football pitch because it's not fair. They they are employed by that club. Of course, they're meant to they're meant to do everything in their power to beat your team, and you can't hold that against them like that. And it was just horrible scenes. It really was. And I think the French government even come out and gone. We might need to start playing these games behind closed doors because we just can't risk this happen anymore. Um, I mean, because, yeah, because you can ban fans, right? But people are people. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's only a small majority. It always is a small majority, but small minority, I should say, not majority. But they, they ruin it for other people. You can't be having players being because they're not going to come on the pitch. They're not going to come on. So I'm not going to risk my safety, and that could have been very serious. Throwing a, a full water bottle like that, it gets really heavy as well when you're high up as well when yes. you throw it to someone. So that could have been that could have knocked him out. That could, could have killed him. The worst thing, the worst thing is, is we we all see is recently there's been a lot of players that have suffered on the pitch. You know, you've got Ericsson, then you've got recently Aguero, and you've got John Fleck, yeah. who a couple of days ago also collapsed on the Correct, pitch. Yeah. So see if that person right hit Payet so hard and then Payet collapsed and then had maybe something that maybe Aguero had or whatever and then you know anything can happen who knows no one predicted it would happen to Ericsson no one predicted it would happen to Aguero so how can you not predict it could happen to Payet so then it could then turn into a violent encounter to a potential attempted murder all because yeah. of these scumbag fans one thing I will say is if these fans they know who's throwing these in you you know you're right beside the person, so you'd know. Get them reported, get them, get them shamed, because it's absolutely not on whatsoever. If it was a Liverpool fan that I knew that had done that to anyone, to an opposition player on the pitch, I'd be, I'd be floating them online. I would be throwing them under the bus because they bloody deserve it. Because it's not on at all. I know we live in a culture, everyone, where no one likes a snitch or a grass or anything. But this is that serious. But this is just ridiculous. Now I know we all live in a in a, in a world. Where we all watch the gangster movies and no one's a snitch and we're all loyalties are everything. But guess what? If you see a scumbag idiot fan who throws something like a coin or a bottle or anything at someone, because you wouldn't like to see someone throw something at someone in the street, same exact thing in a football pitch. You know, doesn't matter if this person gets paid eight grand a week, doesn't matter how much it is, they're still getting assaulted. And if you find that okay, then you're also part of the problem. So. Report these people for being scumbags. The police will deal with them. But it's a common theme in French football right now. So, you know, it will just it will just continue until something's done. Until you start putting games behind closed doors, as you said. And that's a shame. Because th- we said this before with the, the other instances. This, this could be, that could be a fan's first game. And then it's ruined because of these, these idiot people. And, you know, it's disappointing. It's stupid. And it's damn right ridiculous. And, you know, will people ever change? No. No. Because we are the problem with this this planet. We are, not everyone, but the human race is bipolar. And we've just got to accept it. But we shouldn't accept it, but it'll never change. People are just bad. But not all people, everyone. Not all people. Yep. Well, we've now spoken about that. 
It's time for your favourite segment of the show. Woo! It is the Live Festival update, and they lost. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. The cup run is over for Festival. They, they, I don't know the, I don't, I can't remember the score, but they did lose at home. Um, so they are now out of the South Challenge Cup. Um, they were beaten against Trun, I'm afraid. Um, so the Mighty Trun. Yep, that's the cup run over. Um, so unlucky, uh, Thistle. Um, but yeah, they've got a game coming up this Saturday though. Um, in an in a, another cup. Um, again, it's uh, the Scottish Junior Cup. Um, it's in the fourth round, and they're playing a team called Dundee North End FC. Oh. Um, at home. So all the best to Thistle for that, and let's hope for a, a more positive performance and a positive um. Update for next week's episode, and that is your loud festival update. We need to get a sting for that, you know. We need to get a sting for that. Yes, we need, we need, we need, to, we need to get like a theme song for the loud festival update, like a do, 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 or something. We need to get something because fans of this podcast, I don't know why, right? But you seem to enjoy this segment more than much of the things we talk about, which I find ridiculous. But Joe, you know if that's what you're into. Then that's what you're into, you know. We don't judge on this part. If you're into a thirty-second snippet of us uh, channeling uh, the support of our, our local team that we never go to, which I used to go to, but not anymore, then fair play. As long as you're viewing, as long as you're sharing this with your friends, family, and loved ones or people, then good. Plug that shit, people. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. We're in the lab. Recording. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, Miller, we, we've covered everything for this episode, haven't we? Yes, people, you're getting a treat. For, not only are you getting us both in the same room, but you're getting all the team's results talked about, which usually never happens, you know? Which is something, you know? Which, it's something, yeah. It's, and maybe we'll do this more moving forward, but we will... Wait and see with that one. But, yep, guys, that is going to be it from the Good versus Evil podcast. Um, I'd like to thank Miller for Ooh. coming along and Ooh. joining me um, next, 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 sitting next to us and um, going through all these results and going through the pain um, of having to talk about United for about 20, 25 minutes. Yes, that, that, oh, oh, that, oh, that, was, that, was, that was horrible. That was very traumatic. Yeah. Um, the big game at the weekend, of course, is Chelsea versus United. Um, score prediction for that one, Miller? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. Because How many? 10, 12, nil? I hate, <laughs> I hate talking about it. But also, United have no recognised manager, which is very key. Well, if you count Carrick as a recognised manager. <laughs> but, you know, it's Tuchel versus Carrick this weekend, people. Michael Carrick versus Thomas Tuchel. And I'd back Michael Carrick. As it's Stanford Bridge, <laughs> which is even better. Maybe if it's Old Trafford, they might have a wee sh- But oh, everyone, I hate. I don't, that's why I don't bet in my teams. I hate predicting in my teams because I hate. But we're gonna force him because because if Chelsea drop points or lose, I'll then take the blame because of what I said. But Joe, what's the what's the score gonna be? I'm going two 0 to to the mighty Chelsea champions of Europe. Top now. of the table. <laughs> For now, I'm gonna go with Champ- two. I'm gonna go with two-one United. I think that they're gonna have a resurgence. They're gonna do what people don't think is gonna happen, and they're actually gonna beat you. Um, and we're gonna spend next weekend talk next week talking 
about how we have a four chance we're going to run away with it because that's how football works. It changes week in, week out, which is why we call it the Good Vance Evil Pub because it changes every bloody week. Um, and, and also, people, if you would like to put your predictions in the comments, that's what we put on Facebook and Twitter, so if either platform you're on, put your predictions in, comment, no profanity, please. I know we, we do, I do mostly speak in profanity, but please don't. But be honest with us, share your views on how this podcast is also doing, give us little pointers on what we may be able to do better, and share your predictions with us for the other games also. Yeah, couldn't say it better myself, but um, it's a goodbye from me. It's also a goodbye from me. And we will see you guys next week for the next one. Until then, take care of yourselves and ta-da. Peace!